Good morning, rock stars! From coast to coast, we give you a toast as you listen to Rutten Radio on the Real Presence Network. I'm Joe Rutten. I'm not really the host. I'm really a co-host, right? Brothers <laughs> or... You host us. All right. I'm the host of Rutten Radio on the Real Presence Network, and I'm joined, as always, by the one and only... Father Paul. And, and I'm Father John. And together we are Run Radio. We're brothers journeying through life and commenting on movies that provoke us to think, laugh, and pray. From cult classics to classics of faith, we hope you also find the movies that we watch help you grow. Speaking of growing, brothers, have you gotten any taller lately? Nope. The opposite, probably. Shrunk. It's always weird, isn't it? When you think, all right, I'm at that age where I'm like on the decline. Like I couldn't yeah. get short enough the way it is. And now I'm on the back end of life where no longer am I growing tall. But so speaking of growing, how are things going in your personal lives? Well, they're going great, but it's, I mean, connected to the movie review too. Um, I was shocked. I was greatly surprised. Number one, the movie was good. And so watching it, I'm like, wow. And then as I was done with the movie this morning, I thought I should go and do a little update in the thing. And then I'm looking at everything and it says, hey, how you doing, brothers? And it says under Joe, good. I liked it. What? <laughs> Joe liked the movie. And I was like, I even, I ran out of my office. I told the staff, I was like, you guys, my brother liked the movie. <laughs> so I was, uh, yeah, kind of gave me Certainly some levity. beat Spider-Man, but we'll get to that. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so, no, I, I'm doing well because of that, you know? When you kind of have a cringing over there. Yeah. like Trying to be charitable. All right, all right. So you're doing good. Yeah, doing good. Rock on, brother. Father Paul. Yeah, in the thick of things, but uh, trusting God's providence uh, and just surrendering to his will. It's a busy time of the year. Surrendering to his will. <laughs> yes, that is a uh, continuous thing that I have to do. So, yeah, I'm doing great as well. Um, I just finished, you know, I've got like, this is like chaos. I've got like a month and a half of straight chaos. I'm gone like three days a week for like five out of the six weeks. So it's one of those things where... You know, you just you keep going? your head above water. Well, I had was an executive retreat, so I had a three-day retreat at Broom Tree. I was at the University of Mary for three days doing a leadership retreat for the School of Business. And I have a uh, freshman retreat in the Black Hills and then a sophomore retreat in the Rocky Mountains, all in the span of six weeks. Oh. So you're so, going to be in the Rocky Mountains soon? You better believe it. Do you need a chaplain? I do. As do a you? matter of fact, yes. I, we go to uh, Estes Park, Colorado, and uh, the city has a Catholic church there that we go to if we don't have a priest. So if we wow. have a priest, then we have mass on site, and we do yeah, it outside the with the mountains and all that, and you could celebrate like on a real stone altar and yeah. you know, be kind of cool uh, if you would like you know, to join your twin brother, if you could survive in a bus with me for the huh. ride out. It looks like we have a lot in common regarding this movie, so maybe we can survive a bus trip. <laughs> well, in that case, in Rutten Radio, the first half hour, we dig into a movie of the month, and this month's movie is... Babette's Feast. It's during the late 19th century, a strict religious community in the Danish village takes in a French refugee from the Franco-Prussian War as a servant to the late pastor's daughters. And it's probably the most pleasant movie we've ever reviewed. There's like no possible, there's like not a swear word or, I mean, it's I like, was waiting for it. Like I kept waiting, like yeah. when's the disaster going to happen, yeah. you know? It's, it's like, just oh, like, just as, yeah. Yep. Just so right. da a daily, no worries about day anything. in the life of an average <laughs> peasant. Well, good. Uh, jumping into Babette's Feast, um, initial thought or comment, Father John. Well, my initial comment is it is it good to um, when a when a movie has something it wants to say, even though I don't know. I think I am modern. Uh, it's a very slow moving movie. Yes. Okay. So beware of that. But as it gets into like the halfway point, maybe it's just because I ask certain questions of life and of pleasures and of 
delights and things that it really, I don't know, it it's was amazing to me that it actually kept me interested, that I was like fascinated by it and it provoked questions in me about um, what it means to live Christianity, uh, particularly because they're a group of people that are living this Christian way. Um, so yeah, so I thought that uh, my initial reaction was this is a really important movie with a very simple message that actually, if you pay attention to something small and little like this, it can have huge ramifications for the way the tentacles of something like this go out. So I found myself wanting to watch it again. I was like, I need to watch this again to like really catch, catch like the whole, it seems like there's a real fundamental question about um, the role of things that are pleasurable in the life of a Christian. And how is it that we attain the end for which we know we were made uh, and the end that baptism instilled in us um, and how, yeah, I was like, oh my gosh, in various ways I'm doing all kinds of things that, hmm, I wonder. Uh, so that's was my initial thoughts. All right, so that's uh, that. There's a lot of depth there. There's a lot of like theory, like out there. Like, hmm, I wonder what is he talking about. So, if you haven't watched the movie, do you think that they should stop and go watch the movie, or is this one of those like, no, just just listen up, keep in listening, and uh, when you finish with this, go purchase it. I think it depends on your personality. All right, that's we've <laughs> never actually asked that question before. Uh, so, you know, it's, it's, it's an inch, it is slow. Yeah, it was I mean, a slow movie for sure. And it wasn't like earth shattering or groundbreaking, or it wasn't like this conclusion that's like, Oh, wow. No way. Right. right. So there isn't anything that's like, we're going to ruin the, the plot line per se, but there is a twisting that does go on. So, well, well, good, John, father, Paul, your kind of initial thought. Yeah. It was the first time I've seen the movie. Uh, and I was trying to keep figuring out, have I seen this before? And I, I don't think I, I didn't think I had, and I don't think I have. Uh, so it's always hard for me when I watch a movie for the first time, knowing that I'm going to have to review the movie. And so then I'm trying to think about what are the things that are you know, I'm going to write down and what am I going to talk about and all those things. So to just stay present. Um, and then it was subtitled because I, I don't speak whatever Danish or whatever they <laughs> language they were speaking. They had French in there. Um. So I just had to stay with it, you know, like really realize like so often our movies are, are just fast and loud and special effects. And this was just really the simplicity of life uh, in the midst of it. So it was slow in a sense getting started, but it was a great message by the end uh, of the movie. What's the movie that we watched um, with the war? A foreign, it was a foreign film. There was a war going on. 1972, or no? Uh, uh, it was maybe 1914. Uh, it had it had the what the the producer, the director. It's a that's beautiful kind of, life. It's a beautiful oh, yeah. life. You know, it kind of is like a little bit like that. Yeah, in a sense mm -hmm. that is melodrama that just kind of moved mm -hmm. along, and it wasn't too earth shattering. Um. So yeah, my my initial thought definitely slow, but. Uh, So I left <laughs> Spider-Man early, right? Which I didn't realize was like a mortal sin. In there some are people's. many people, <laughs> many people that have said to me, oh, "Father my. John, your brother, what was he thinking?" Oh, yeah. Right? Mm -hmm. And then I yeah. did run into one person that was like, "Oh, by the way, I'm like you." I'm like, "What are you talking?" And they're like, "Except for I would have left sooner." Oh. I was like, oh, nice. So there's one check mark on my side of the board. And then over on like the mortal sin side, I've run into like 15 <laughs> people that are like, you know. So uh, this one, in a sense, I, I didn't have that opportunity necessarily to leave it early, but I did have an opportunity to uh, watch it on Netflix or whatever and push forward 10 seconds often. <laughs> so I'm like, I'm an addict. I'm just like, like if you hooked me up to an IV, like a morphine drip, I'm the guy that's like pushing the button, like, give me more, give me more, you know, and it won't, right? right. Well, on the Netflix thing, I'm like four, 10 seconds. Now, uh, I didn't do it too much, but it was that slow moving. Like it, it had a, a bit of a cadence to it where you're like, all right, let's go. 
But I was fascinated, as you guys mentioned, you could almost watch it again and then pick up on all the other stuff. Like, I still feel like there's probably a whole nother layer that you could, you could watch it again and, and pick up on. Um, and so I, I really loved it. I found it fascinating. Um, you know, the Puritan pilgrim aspect of it, like, it's like, this is actually what the Puritans pilgrims kind of would have been living like right, definitely right. more like this than anything we have any familiarity with. This is, is how they would have been living. Um, just a lot of simplicity and depth all in one. And it's, you know, so I, I loved it. I, you know, we'll see what my rating comes out as, but I look forward to hearing from you guys more about your thoughts and, and comments on it. So, Paul, you, you kind of dig in first. Um, as you watched the movie and you kind of began to look at themes and you have a great way of kind of bringing things together, what's that initial thing when you watched it? You're like, this is what I encountered first in the movie. Yeah, I think the probably the, the common theme through the whole movie is the idea of the choices we make uh, and living with those choices and how they impact the rest of our life. So, you know, again, the dad really didn't want the daughters to marry. Uh, and so it really became difficult as these suitors, because they were beautiful girls and there was always suitors for them, but the dad just really uh, seemed to not want that for them. Um, and then that, that, what does that do to us? You know, what choices? And um, the the opera singer, Papin, I think Papin, I don't yep. know how to pronounce it, you know, again, uh, coming there and then just, she doesn't want to go with him and then he leaves as well. Like, so there's all these choices that we make in life. And I think um, it is important for us uh, to be able to look at that and then to be able to reflect back and, and to assess those kinds of things. Um, you know, you look back fondly or you look back and, and you can see maybe some regret in that, but uh, uh, yeah. So, I, it's yeah, so, so it's a little Puritan pilgrim uh, community off in uh, Denmark. It's Denmark, right? Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. Danish. And, uh, you know, the pastor, the, the, the prophet, the, the leader of the community has these two beautiful daughters and each of them has a suitor come calling at one point. One of them's a soldier, a French <laughs> soldier, and the other one is this French opera singer, you know, and they come in and swoon for sure. Seems like they had an opportunity to maybe, if they wanted to stay, uh, but both... Um, chose to to return for different reasons and uh, without their brides, without their the 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 maidens, and so these two maidens spend their days out, uh, really as uh, solitary individuals with as sisters, um, single for their lives, but become servants of Christ. They begin to be servants in the community and provide for the elderly. And but in the process, um, this French maid comes back. Uh, Father, did we, did you explain a little bit about how the maid gets there? How does this this French lady become yeah. a part of so, the community and the family? So the opera singer goes back to Paris uh, and knows the family. Uh, and the husband and the son are killed, and she has to flee Paris. And he says, there are these two women in this village who I believe will take care of you. Uh, and so she's sent to the village and... Uh, you know, and so that's, again, another choice. The, the two sisters have to decide. You know, they don't have money. Uh, they don't know this woman, but this letter comes with. Uh, and, and so they, they're willing to accept her. Um, and they don't pay her, but Cause they don't in have money. turn they provide. Right. But in turn, they provide uh, accommodations for her. And then in turn, she acts as their maid and serves them. So mm-hmm. she kind of earns her keep, if you will. Father John, so Father Paul talks about choice and, and the consequences of the choices that we make in their lives, in our lives. Uh, what's a theme or a thought that jumped out at you right away? Uh, the whole movie turns at the point in which she, so they want to honor, what is it, the hundredth birthday of the their founder, their dad, the founder of this community. And so she comes into a great deal of wealth and wants to throw a Who feast. Does? The, the, the Babette is the, wins the, French, the French cook maid lady. She wins wins, yeah, she wins the French lottery. Yeah. And so that she wins all this money and they're going to celebrate. They had already made plans. The sisters had already made plans with their community of people. And when you're, if you haven't seen the movie, their community of people is a dozen people is 10 old people who gather around a table. 
uh, for their service. And so they're going to honor him. And Babette proposes she wants to have a feast. And they agree to it. And she says she wants to pay for it. And they ended up agreeing to it, kind of reluctantly, but they do agree because... Why would they be reluctant to Babette's feast? Well, because their, <laughs> their, their way of Christian life is very simple, and you don't live in the pleasures of the world. And so to have a feast, they don't have feasts. This is right. not so Puritan. Puritanism, Puritan, yeah, Puritan. Right. You can so, think yep. about it, yeah. You can think about like when you think puritanical in regard to sexuality. You know, they live that way in regard to everything. Right. So, so they're food. kind of cold. They're austere. They don't smile or laugh. They don't drink. They're not no. having big celebrations. They eat porridge yep. and just go around melancholy. Yeah, and hence day. the movie is like gray and. Not very Foggy. flashy in the whole thing. So <laughs> right. uh, the whole thing turns when they agree to this. I mean, you were talking about right. choices. So this is a choice that they made to allow this. But the question that that I think uh, was po- that I that I elaborate on is when you've made a choice that maybe is contrary to something you're thinking. Like, who is it that stays with you, or? do you have the capacity to stay with people who maybe have made a choice that you don't support or agree with? And in the end, they kind of took this decision. Well, the community is ultimately supportive of these two sisters. The sisters come to them and are like, oh, what do we do? Guys. I mean, they have a nightmare. I mean, she has a nightmare yeah, that's about right. this. of the turtle, of the whole thing. Like yeah. they're going to go to hell because of this meal. Like, yeah. it's, it's so, yeah. I mean, it's even more than it. Like she wakes up like, they're they're like they're gonna go to hell because they've agreed to right. This you know, I mean, like we yeah. might not personally be that way, or maybe we have our own variations of that. Um, definitely, this is the way some Christians and some religious people live. Like this fear of damnation based upon certain behaviors here on earth, which we would believe in a certain context, but not probably based upon you eating turtle soup. Yeah, but you also I think you have to remember wine. you're living in a culture that has never seen such things. Right. As far as food. So I would have been like thinking some of that too. Like, what did I just get into? I mean, a giant turtle right. and then the little pigeons, uh, and then they're alive. <laughs> and you're like, what in the world did we? <laughs> right. I mean, so she- there's a part of it where if you couldn't even fathom such a thing, and then there's a live turtle just gets off a boat. And so that's, I think, yeah. I mean, right. I, I do think for, if people haven't watched the movie, they need to understand like, she brings everything. Right. So she mm-hmm. spends her 10,000 francs. And well, we don't know that. So you don't know that yet. Right, not, right, right. We just know that she wants to throw a, a feast, a, an authentic Parisian meal. So that's she, all she says right. to him. And, and so then she the sends boat, for the ingredients. Right. Everything comes. Right. And that's when the, the sisters are really nervous. Because yeah. off the boat comes the turtle, the pigeons, <laughs> the, the, the Even a block wear. of ice. Yeah. Yeah, that was a block of ice. Yeah. So right. keep going, John. Yeah. So, yeah, we can get back to my point. Well, we got to give context, <laughs> I know, I know, too. Good. It's important I know, I know. that we, yeah, I'm just, our listeners I'm, out there are saying, you know, sometimes we yeah, get lost. I get, yep. <laughs> and that's why you are, that's why I can't do the show by myself, because I need you <laughs> to make sure that the things I say get pushed out. Uh, so the whole point being that this is the moment that it turns is their decision to do this. And we all know people who make decisions. And what do you do when someone makes a decision that you don't support or that you don't agree with? And really these sisters come to the community and say, Hey, this is what we got ourselves into. And then they all sort of agree on how they're going to live this. So they don't cut the feast. They don't decide not to have the feast or they don't ridicule the, her or the sisters, but they stay present to it, but they make the agreement, we're not going to enjoy this. So they all like collectively, like if we have strength, we're strength in numbers. If we all agree, we're going to not enjoy this. And the thing that always strikes me about that is there's the, especially when we look at Christianity, there's an, there's always this attempt to think of our own, we can get it. Just collectively together, if we add together a bunch of us, then we'll be able to live as we're supposed to live. Uh, but they don't anticipate the 
um, the general who comes in and isn't aware of the agreement that was made by everybody. And so when they start the feast, he starts like, mmm, this is really good. <laughs> and this is, and he's like on, you know, and, and the thing that I loved about it was Babette understands how to respond to each of the people, right? So then she's she's like, okay, these people here, they're already like taking in a lot. Okay. Right. But that general keep filling his champagne bottle, you know, his champagne glass, because he's doing okay. Uh, so yeah, that that dynamic of the choice you make, and what do you do when you're confronted with something that seems like outside of you? Of, of you? And in the end, like the, the, pa- the path that all can take um, together. So that's one of the, the yeah, things. Yeah, so the French general joins them and really just, becomes the the leader that the rest of them follow because the rest of them like you're saying father paul they don't even know how to eat the meal <laughs> like they, they're just like what do we do like when they're eating the one soup like they see how he's eating it and then all of a sudden they just start copying him right well they end up beginning to copy his demeanor right so no longer are they like woe is me or i'm not going to enjoy this but they begin to kind of look at the wine. My favorite part of the whole scene is the little old lady that <laughs> yep. goes to drink the glass of water, takes a sip, and is like, yeah. puts it down, and then grabs the <laughs> glass of wine like this, uh, you know, sheepish little girl in the corner <laughs> that found alcohol for the first time, and she drinks and sips on it with a big smile on her face, and you're just like, yep, the conversion has happened, right? Like something has transformed and changed within that individual representative of the table, but it really began with the general being allowed into the community. Right. I mean, and I, I asked myself that question, how would that meal have been different had the general Lauren not been there? Because he's the one who says, Oh my goodness, this tastes like this is authentic. And he is able to say to them, you have no idea what you're eating right now. Right. He's like, I can remember one time being in a restaurant in Paris. Like, and so he's able to speak to this food in a way that helps them to be able to say, this isn't a normal meal. Uh, and they're watching his reaction and his ability to be able to look at this and really give meaning to what they're, they're eating. And I really thought to myself, they probably wouldn't have appreciated the meal really in the way that they did in the end, had he not been there to help them walk through the whole meal. How Uh, do you, how do you see that that relates to your life? Well, I think again, if you're ever put in a new situation, do we not do this? You look around and you're like, what am I supposed to do? Like, like you're the first time you went somewhere fancy and you're like, uh, and you're trying to find someone, um, or even just an experience that you're having. It's helpful if somebody understands the experience and they can say, you know, here's this, here's that, those kinds of things. So even before I went to uh, Disney World uh, to do the Star Wars park, I contacted people that had been there to get their insights and things that they would want to do or not do and those things. So my experience would be better because I didn't want to go in without having some sense of how does this become a better experience? So I think the general being there uh, also then sets it up for the end for the sisters to realize who had been living in this house this whole time and they didn't know it. Right. Hmm. Oh, that's because had he not been there, they would have never known who Babette was. The only- because they would not have understood this meal. Right. And so he is able to make the connection. And you can see the sisters looking at each other and beginning to connect to this. And all of a sudden they realize this woman who has been cooking for them, this simple meal could have done far more for them than they ever imagined. And I sometimes think, is this not sort of Christianity? Christ is in our midst and he's so ordinary and no one points him out. And so we're unable to really allow Christ to do incredible things because we don't have someone pointing to us to say, this is Christ. And if you'd let him do what he wants to do, and it might make you uncomfortable, and it might take you out of your, your, you know, your normal routine, and it might scandalize you, which he scandalized all kinds of people. Like the meals and the things he did, and like and the, the apostles are why like, are you eating that? Why are you letting right. your apostles eat? We eat should be that fasting, yeah. right? You know all these things. So again, this idea that it took Javen or 
Joran to point out so the ladies could understand who Babette was because she would have never told them. Right. And even, you so, know, it reminded me at the beat when she first gets there and they're showing her how to prepare the meal in the fish, uh-huh. she actually, if you pay attention, she's actually not paying attention to the preparation of the food. She's paying attention to the language. She's yeah, like, they're she's showing trying to how to prepare the, the fish and do this. And she's not really paying attention to that. She's repeating what they say. Right. As she's trying to pick up on the language, <laughs> the food. She's pre- Now it makes sense, right. right? So we could probably reveal to the audience for those that haven't seen us, right? The general is there and he's saying to himself as they eat this splendid meal, there's one particular dish. dish. And he's like, wow. I've had this before, but only one place. And there's a master chef. There is a woman that prepares this meal. This, no, this specific dish. Yeah. There's only one. Yeah. And? And the sisters discover that it's her. They know the connection. If you watch them, they begin to Ah. look at each other as he's talking about the food. Because they know she came from Paris. Yes. And they know she came from Paris. And they they realize the story. And what's really odd is she never comes out. Babette never comes out. Yeah. Out of the kitchen, you mean? Yeah. So there, which is odd because usually yeah. they would want to like thank the chef. Yep. I've thought that at the end, I thought this is so interesting. Right now, I'm waiting for everyone to thank her. And nobody thinks And nobody her. does. And she doesn't care. That's not what she no, was doing. No, anymore. she's in there having a glass of wine, getting ready to do the dishes. <laughs> Listen, this is too good. We're going to follow directly up on this in the second half hour. So, so there's a lot more to talk about with Babette's Feast. It's a fantastic movie. It's really slow moving. It's subtitled, but I'm telling you, there's simplicity and depth to it. So much going on here. I love it when we figure out new things by getting together and talking like, about it. John's having like a full-blown explosion of revelation. Actually, the only thing I can think right now is better than (laughs) (laughs) Spider-Man. And with that, you're listening to Rutten Radio and the Real Presence Network. Don't go anywhere as we take a quick break. And when we come back, we'll have further conversation about our movie, Babette's Feast, and our faith and culture section. All righty, welcome back here to the second half hour of Rutten Radio on the Real Presence Network, and we're talking about the movie of the month, Babette's Feast, with the brothers Rutten, Father Paul and Father John, and we kind of just got going right there, fellas, and got to the end, and it's like, uh uh-oh, first half hour's done, and we're just getting started, like this this simplicity, this simple movie has a culminating feast that this French cook, this maid, uh, prepares for these Danish Puritans, and it, it's it's magnificent. So we're, we're really talking about the, the French captain that's present at the meal with these pilgrims, and he's the one that's revealing to them how magnificent the meal is in that there's this one specific dish that only one person he knows makes, and it's this French cook and all of a sudden, this realization comes that that's who the simple cook is that's been the maid to these two Puritan ladies that are serving their community, Babette. There's one thing that I, I immediately was like, oh, I wonder how this is going to play out. When she leaves for a period of time, remember, she gets her, her $10,000 10, yep. franc check. And she says that she wants to prepare this meal for the the sisters. She says, but I'm going to need a couple days off because I have to go get the ingredients. I have to go give to my helper the list to go get the ingredients. And so she's gone for a few days. And the sisters think she's going to be gone forever. She'll come back, make the meal. She'll be here for a little bit. And then she's going to be gone, right? So she goes and and then she comes back. But while she's gone for that period of time, the sisters have to start helping prepare right. the grub, the food, the, the soup, the soup for the elderly. Mm-hmm. And they show the one scene where he they come <laughs> over and they bad. put the bowl down and then they put it in the bowl in front of the elderly gentleman and he picks it up with his spoon and he looks and he's like, Bleh. ugh. Yep. And he's like, ugh. You can just see like the sisters can't yeah. do what Babette had been doing for them. And it's like, oh, but that's special. She's really caring for these people through this gift of her cooking. We don't yet know who she is yet, right. but that's the first clue that Babette is not who we think she is. Right. 
as we transition into the revelation of who Babette is, uh, tell me a little bit about your encounter with Babette. She's in the back room. She's not. She doesn't come out to get congratulations. What does that mean? Um, she finds purpose and fulfillment. She kind of sits back there daydreaming about maybe what her previous life was. What are your reflections upon Babette herself and her reaction to the circumstances? I don't think she cares. She's doing what she wants to do and what she loves to do. And so she's free. She's free to just make the food and she just simply sends it out. Uh, she understands that the general will appreciate more wine, so she gives that to them too. But there's this real freedom I, I, that I saw in her that, you know, she really, th this is her gift to give, and it's a pure gift. There is nothing expected in return from it. Um, the thing, though, if I, I don't want to segue, but the thing that I think is important is the general's speech. He says, our choice is of no consequence of no importance. The moment comes when our eyes are open that grace is infinite. We need only await with confidence and acknowledging gratitude. Grace makes no conditions. Again, that's after he's eaten this meal. That's the moment they realize who she is. This is this moment. Like the moment we know not when grace is going to come. We know not how it's going to come. Uh, it doesn't make conditions, but we need to be confident that it's going to come. And when it comes, we need to be grateful for that moment of grace that comes. Mm. Uh, and I think, again, this is this challenge for us, that if we live by ourselves or we live in isolation, we miss grace because we don't have someone to help us to sort of hold it back up uh, or for us to be able to to reflect back. Uh, the the gift that it was in the midst of that as well. Gratitude and grace. I really like that. Gratitude and grace. Father John, Babette? Um, I think actually I want to stay with the general. The the idea of when he says um, what kind of victories, when he talks about oh, his victories. A row and, of victories. You know, he's, taught, he's like getting dressed and he's like vanity, vanity, all is mm -hmm. vanity. Uh, you can see all of the scriptural allusions. You know, these are Puritans that would have been very versed in scripture. The scriptures Father, would have been. do you know what book of the Bible that comes from? Ecclesiastes. <laughs> yeah! Boom, 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 boom! <laughs> Father John with the win. Yeah. yeah, he says, I've obtained everything you dreamed of and satisfied your every ambition, but what has it profited me? Right. Tonight, you and I shall settle accounts. You just proved to me that I made the right cho choice back then. And he, what um, he goes on and then he says, can I, can the sum of a row here, this is, I'm sorry, this is the one I wanted. Can the sum of a row of victories over many years be defeat? And I, you know, I just think about, especially when you come to the end of your life or come to, you know, the older you get, the wiser you get, the more maturity you have. Like you look back and you say like, Ah, I had a victory of a college degree. I had a victory of of friendship. I had a victory of a career. I had a victory of uh, the tournament that we won. You know, all of the things that we have as victories can can a row of victories actually to be defeat? Because sometimes victories, uh, according to my idea of what I'm wanting, end up selling me short of the victory that I really need. And I was struck by all of the things that all of them had encountered. And then here they are in this peasant's cottage um, receiving this incredible gift. And here he is, both Babette is giving this gift to them, but he, the general, is giving this gift to them. And they all then begin to receive this. Even the boy who's the servant who goes back and forth in the gift that he is like, the victory that is won there is something different than what we oftentimes are looking to have victory in. Um, and even with Babette, imagine all of the meals she's made, all of the people she's served, all of the dignitaries, all of these things. And here she is in this peasant's cottage doing the exact same thing. Like she had found a victory that was different than just getting everybody at that table to say, great meal, you know, or mm -hmm. thank you, thank you. Like she had found a different victory. And sometimes we're looking for victories that ultimately uh, can be defeat. 
Outstanding. For those listeners out there, we're uh, talking about Babette's Feast here on Rutten Radio on the Real Presence Network. Uh, we're grateful for you listening. Feel free to comment on Facebook or uh, uh, any of the other uh, means of commenting. You can listen to us, obviously, on your mobile devices. When I think about the movie and I got to grade it out, you know, it's like, what kind of grade does this movie get? And, and um, you know, I kind of thought, I don't know, like, I really like this. Like, I walked out of Spider-Man. <laughs> now, I did kind of fast forward Babette's Feast just mm-hmm. a little bit, but I really liked it. And I just think, is that a personality thing? Is it like, I don't know what it is, but I, I think it goes back to my genre of loving educational movies. And I found this as an educational movie, that it was a training in a way of life. It's very Benedictine. That movie is 100% Benedictine. It's about the rhythm of life. It's about finding uh, uh, the sacred in the common. It's about um, servant leadership, like serving the other as Christ. It's not get like the fact that she does not come out from the kitchen is totally Benedictine. 100%. You do not take credit for the work that God did through you. This is a gift. You have it. You put it at service to the community. And and humility says, praise God. Y'all can thank God for it, but it's not me. The, the thing that I found fascinating that I still wonder about is her decision when she says at the end, the money is gone. I, it's what a 12-person meal would have cost in France at my restaurant. It's 10,000 francs. It's gone. And the sister's shock of like, number one, the, the, the realization of the gift that she just gave to them. But then it's like, well, now what? And she's like, nothing. I'm here. I'm not going anywhere. Like, And she says, I have nothing basically to go back to. Mm-hmm. This is where my life is. This is where I've, you are my people. And it's, it's like, wow, like, that's a fascinating thing that she's French. She's a, a professionally top shelf cook, all these types of things, but that, that she becomes one with this community of people. I find a fascinating thing because everything in my body says, she, go home. Nostalgically, I'd be like, oh, yeah, stay. That's so noble. You're humble. And now you become, but no, like I'd want to be home in a heartbeat, like the minute that an opportunity presented itself. And to know she could have used the 10,000 francs to go home. Is for me the 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 point that says, wow, she didn't just give like even the ten thousand francs. The ten thousand francs represents our life, and then that's where I stop and say, that's what Christ does for me. Gives everything to me. It's like, all right, Lord, whatever you want today, even if it's as a servant maid in a village that isn't my own, in a country that isn't my own, let it be your will. And what does she find but peace, contentment? And that's all I want. Mm-hmm. And that's hopefully what I wake up to every day, saying, Lord, what's your will? And I know if I'm doing it because I have these fruits of peace and contentment. And it's magnificent. I think we it, should grade the movie. Can I just make two quick points and then we we'll grade the movie? Certainly. There was two lines, though, that were, I think, important. One, they said, an artist is never poor. So this reality. And then... Uh, Pepin says, through all the world, there goes one long cry from the heart of the artist. Give me leave to do my utmost. So Babette was like, just let me cook. (laughs) Just let me cook for you. Like, that is all I ask. You know, like, this is it. This is the thing. She is doing what she is made to do, and, and she sees great freedom. She can cook. She can do the thing. Uh, and, and that cry within like, this is what I was made for. Uh, and I just want to do it. Can I do that? Uh, so I do think it is, you know, important. I did wonder if they would have let her cooked a little different once they figured out who she was, <laughs> you know, like, uh, okay, well, how about we spice up the soup a little more, uh, even though she already did. But, um, yeah, I, again, I think there's a lot to the movie, uh, in a lot of ways. All right. Yeah, and and the aspect of conversion we haven't touched on at all, but don't forget oh to gosh. see in the movie that the whole movie really is about Christian conversion. Right. It's about what the presence of a person does to a people. Right. 
and how the reason that it all came about was they were all sniping at each other at the right. dinner table, right. you know, talking about the tongue and all that. And yeah. here they are sniping. And, uh, and then all of a sudden at that same meal, when they were receiving the thing they thought was so terrible, this pleasurable meal, they started forgiving each other and they started seeing each other differently. Yeah. So anyway, okay. Yeah, I forgot Rate. about that. Oh, that, yeah, is no, that was so huge. three, three heads. Uh, if I had to give it three heads. Father Paul, Father John, what would you rate it? I'm going to go first. I'm going to give it 2.5. I liked it. I thought it was good. I thought it had a lot of depth. It was different. I think our our listeners out there, if you wanted a different movie yeah. out of us, you got it. Two and a half. All right. I'm, I'm, oh, go, go ahead. I said two. Uh, it's a good movie. I just, it was just hard to watch. So. <laughs> <laughs> I'm surprised. Uh, I'm going to give it 2.75. It's the Ooh! highest rating I've ever given a movie. It's no not way. quite three. I watched it with absolute, even though it was, you know, had some, yeah, I just, I thought the message was right. The simplicity was right. The cinematography was, was appropriate to the point it was trying to get across. Um, I'm going, I'm going 2.75. Wow. wow. <laughs> 2.42. 2.42. That's pretty strong. Yeah. That's pretty strong. Um, all right. Well, in the last, uh, 10, 15 minutes here of Rutten Radio, uh, this month, do some shout outs. we should do some shout outs and then I've got something new. I want to introduce to oh, Rutten no. Radio. <laughs> this we got to talk about we these got... things before we're on <laughs> no, air. Oh, no, no, no. That's the best way to do it is just that. Okay, let's just get moving right then. <laughs> okay. Control, you know, patience. Uh, allow the listeners out there to just roll with <laughs> He us. has no idea how patient I've been. Uh, <laughs> Father John, shout outs. Uh, shout out to Becky Ranshaw, whom, uh, long story short, uh, Facebook friends that became... Uh, uh, they came and visited me at the parish during Christmas, and they are connected to the Rutten family. Her husband um, lived across the street from the Ruttons in Larchwood, Iowa. So shout out to Becky. She's catching up on Rutten Radio. Uh-oh. That's why she's getting the Uh-oh. shout out. She's Uh-oh. like, I'm catching up. So for all of you out there that maybe have to go back and you're always like a little behind, keep it up, keep it up. Uh, and a shout out to Jill Worth. So I uh, work with her at the office and she uh, came in this morning. She was like, I, I, I got the episode this morning and she had a lot to say. So I thought, oh yeah, Jill gets a shout out. Uh, I'm going to give a shout out to some parishioners, Al and Judy Spencer, oh. uh, parishioners of mine who uh, we talked a little bit about Rotten Radio. They don't watch much Rutten Radio or listen to it because they don't podcast, but that's all right. So I'm going to give them a shout out anyways. Their daughter does listen. So I probably should give them a shout out for their daughter, but. Anyways, Al and Judy Spencer. Outstanding Spencers. I taught the kids. Yeah. So they're my former students. They're rock stars. Fun family. And I want to give a shout out to, I don't even know. Like, there's so many people. But um, I'm going to give a shout out to nobody. I'm going to give a shout Did I Do I have shout outs There's in a there? shout out to Beth Noonan. Oh, no. So this is. <laughs> well, you. <laughs> so that's. All right. Okay. I'll give a shout out to Beth Noonan. Beth <sighs> Noonan, you get a shout out. Sorry. Uh, I, this is hard, people. Yeah. this. <laughs> I, I uh, understand your difficulty. Uh, it says shout out in the outline uh, yeah. and Beth Noonan's name's, name's there. there. So why wouldn't I? Because it is supposed to be somewhere, you know, but anyway. So as I do shout <laughs> you guys, oh. as I do shout, <laughs> if you think, if uh, listeners, if you think <sighs> we know what we're doing, can I take back sadly the comment that you're the leader, the host? <laughs> yeah, you're I'm the in host. charge. Yeah. All right. Keep so, uh, all right. Well, uh, shout outs. So we did some shout outs there. And, you know, you also had one area there where you're talking about things that you give up for Lent. And maybe poorly decided things yeah. that he gave up for Lent. And when I saw that, I jumped through the roof because I've been following you, Father Paul. I know I bother you. I know I get, but I'm listening to you. I'm trying. And when you said last month, do something for Lent that you can't do, yep. then it's not your work. It's God's work. I gave up coffee. Oh. And I'm telling you, it's the best decision I, in the no. whole world. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I want to like like 
jump out of my skin. And I drive by coffee shops. It's like when I gave up alcohol and I drive by all the liquor stores and you're just like, Oh, there it goes. Oh, there it goes. The liquor store. Oh, there's beer. Uh, you know, watching commercials, watching somebody drink a beer and coffee. Holy smokes. <laughs> for the, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I've had to stop talking about it because I realized like I'm constantly like, Oh, oh, coffee. But then it makes it worse. Right. So in this process, I did what you said. And for the, I know I'm 44 and I'm a theology teacher and I'm supposed to be a leader and these things. I have actually, honestly, I don't know that I've ever truly done Lent. What? I don't think I've ever actually given anything up for Lent oh. for the whole time and followed through with it. Oh, I you try at everything. Oh. Yeah, it's like New Year's resolutions. Right. Three days, really? 13. Yes. Oh, yeah, I'm going to give up candy. I No. I'm sneaking candy. I'm <laughs> getting it. Yeah, absolutely. Because this is my, I'm like, oh, what? A, you know, oh, here. Oh, yeah. The Lord's merciful. He's kind or whatever. I'll make excuses for anything. I might look virtuous. That reality <laughs> is not true, Father John. I know it's difficult for you to accept, but mm. so in the, I've done it. The Lord's done it. It's not me. It's Babette's feast. Like grace is all over and oh, so you're saying that this is all pointing out that you're actually not drinking coffee? I haven't drank a tip, a sip of coffee. Wow. I haven't touched. Wow! I even had a co- I had t- a cup of tea that I had to get the hot water through the Keurig to get, and like some grains of coffee grounds fell in, and I did drink those. <laughs> but I have not you're had a clearly sip of coffee, an addict. So. <laughs> yeah. uh, but when you've put that on there, like, mm-hmm. what are the Worst things you get you've ever given up. What I'm like, oh my gosh, coffee. And then there is one other person that gave up sugar. And I was like, oh, now that would be truly impossible. So uh Father Paul, next year, maybe I'll tackle sugar, but caffeine is it for today. So anyway. Lent, giving things up. Well, Good ideas, bad ideas. Well, I had plans this year to give up coffee and napping. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> and I couldn't figure out which one I should do because I couldn't figure out which one like would be harder to deal without. Uh, and then I was kind of like, well, just go with both of them. Like, just, you know, I just kind of really felt confident in myself. <laughs> like, go with both of them. And I was sitting in the office one day before it began and someone came in to visit and they sat down and we were having a conversation and and uh, they, they, they looked across at the uh, uh, at Jill, and they said, "I know what he should he should give up speeding, <laughs> or Ooh. or he should give up driving well, or something." It was about driving, and I was like, "Number one, how do you know <laughs> my driving habits?" People always say, "Like, here's Father coming in hot." <laughs> so I was like, oh, maybe that's what I should do. I kind of was like, maybe this is Jesus, you know? And if I don't listen to it, then I'm going to get in an accident. And then I'm going to be like, oh my gosh, I should have. Uh, or so then I was confused because <laughs> I was like, do I do this or do I do that? Do, do th- was this an easy, so am I going with the driving thing? Because that's an easier thing than I get to drink coffee and still take naps. <laughs> and then I'm trying to go with the easy route. And is the evil one tempting me by having this person walk in? And I really should stick with this because this is where grace <laughs> is. And, I mean, I was confused. <laughs> <laughs> I did not know what to do. <laughs> and, and then I just decided that one's easier. So I'm going to go with the driving thing because that's actually, so then I just put a little note in the car to myself, you know, drive the speed limit. And, you know, I mean, you know, it's like dad. I think dad always drove five miles over the speed limit. Four. And, and in the middle of the road. And Yeah. yeah so, dad, you know, I mean, yeah. I just, it's not like, um, but I, I, you know, I kind of, I'm kind of, and then it's been a disaster. Oh, really? The whole thing's been a disaster. I mean, <laughs> I can't drive the speed limit. And, you know, <laughs> I mean, it's not. And then everybody that I've been telling this to, they're so like, do you get a lot of tickets? And the, I hope people aren't listening to this that are like police officers or something. But it's brought up a lot of conversations. And the truth of the matter is, every time I take a vacation, I always get picked up, but I never get picked up in town. I don't like drive recklessly you know, just a few miles over the speed limit. So I think they must like give me a break or something, you know? And then they're always, and then the next question, what's the next question everybody asks? Do you get off because you're a priest? Oh, oh, no. And the answer is 
Nope. Nope. I think they even want to give it to you more. <laughs> they're, they're like, of all people, Father. Come on, Father. Right. You should be following the law. So, yep, that's my New Year's. And, and, and then you, like, you have your brother getting speeding tickets that are given to you. <laughs> Remember when that was going on? That's right. For the first three years at Mount Marty, I had a real speeding problem, and I got like five speeding tickets, and then I figured it out. Um, but they would give me the speeding ticket, and Paul... Every single time they'd give it to, to me. What? Yes. I don't know if it's like in the deal, like John and Joseph, my name's Joseph, right? right? So that if like John comes up first in the database, oh. but they click on it and, and I'm not paying attention. And our middle and names get, are both Leo. Leo yep. And you get, and I'll get home and I'll look at it and be like, oh, <laughs> they <laughs> that, gave this uh, thing to yeah. John. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, oh, sweet. so the first time I'm like, hmm, how should we play this out? You know? Uh, and so the first time I called them and told them and they they just let it go. And then it happened again. And they, that time they were like, oh, we'll change that for you. And you can still pay that speeding <laughs> ticket, please. Thank you. Wow. Uh, but yeah, three times I've had speeding tickets given to John. The first time they let me off. The second two times they changed it and made me pay. Oh. And I have not had a speeding ticket since. So, John, may uh, Lent be kind to you, and may you learn uh, whatever it needs to, to takes for... It's hard. Driving's difficult. My wife yells at me all the time. Go slow. Go, you're, you're going too fast. Oh, you're going too slow. Like, I don't know. I'm just driving, but we got dad's habits. All right, as we wind Paul. down, oh. Rutten Radio. Paul. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Father Paul. I almost forgot. Uh, so the one I've said this before though, one year I gave up TV that didn't go so well, uh, because the Jacks like this year made it to March madness. Uh, and so I was like, well, what if I watch it on the internet? Like if I just stream it and it's not really the TV. Uh, so anyways, I went over to uh, Tyler Raymond's house to watch the game. Uh, and <laughs> because I just was like, I'm giving up, I'm going to watch this game because it was history. Like this was great. Uh, and mom called right in the middle of the game. Like right in the middle of the game. Oh, honey, I know you're not watching the game, so I just wanted to give you some updates. I was like, oh, mom. So I'm like, thanks, mom. That's really nice. And then Did you up. tell her you were no, watching? No, absolutely oh, you did not. not. <laughs> I was not going to tell her. I was not telling her but where Father I was. Father Paul no. lying to oh, St. Monica. Why she didn't ask where I was. <laughs> she just assumed. Right. Uh, yeah. And then one good. year I gave up beer, and I always had a lot of feast days. Uh, and so one of my friends was giving me a hard time because it was like, the Feast of St. Joseph. And it's like, well, it's a feast. It's a solemnity. Right, we we right. should explain that. Yeah. So, I mean, like legitimately, uh, Lent is meant to be the days of penance. And 40 days does not include Sundays of Lent. So initially, even mm -hmm. then. Uh, but even on a feast day, your your Lenten fasting would go away so that you could feast. Again, back to Babette's feast. This ability to enjoy a good meal, enjoy those things. Well, I just found a lot of them. And he was giving me a hard time. Mm -hmm. uh, because it's like, oh, everybody's going out for a beer. I don't want to drink water. Uh, but I've done better this year. I gave up beer again this year. Uh, and I've gone to Looks and had water with my burger. Yeah. Well, with that, may uh, Grace be with us this Lent as we finish up this month's session of Rutten Radio. And we conclude with a family prayer. Our Father, Father we, we thank you for your love and for your many blessings, especially, especially for, for the, the precious gift of each other. Help us to show our gratitude by loving each other as you love us. Make us understanding and patient with one another, quick to admit our failings and ask forgiveness, generous in sharing the joy and strength we can give each other. Father, give our family lively faith and the courage to share it with those around us. Direct us to the state in life you plan for each of us and help us use your gifts to serve you. We entrust our family to your fatherly care. Preserve us from the corruption of the modern world and help us draw closer daily to you and to each other until we come to share with you the joys of heaven. Jesus, Mary, and Joseph, help us to be a holy family. Amen. We'll see you next month right here on at Rutten Radio on the Real Presence Network. Peace and God bless.